Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, March 13th. Thank you guys for tuning in. I know some of you are probably watching college basketball or professional basketball, but for those of you who are tuning in, I thank you and I appreciate it. We are so, so excited about um, tonight's show. We have Taari Edwards on. He's a barber. He works a lot of film and television sets, and we're just excited to talk to him about his career and he actually happens to work on one of our very favorite shows, um, Bel Air, which is on the Peacock Network. So I want to ask him all about that. Um, but before I do, I'm going to turn it over to Denise so that she can greet you as well. But just a quick reminder, if you have a, a question or a comment for, the, for one of us or for our guest tonight, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, the number is 914 803 Good evening, good evening, and once again, welcome to tonight's show. Um, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Very quickly, just wanted to let you all know, um, normally after the show, we will be out on Twitter spaces, but we won't be out there tonight. Um, we won't be out there tonight. We've been on virtual uh, conferences all weekend long. So we will um, hang out on Twitter Spaces tomorrow evening. Um, t- again, tomorrow evening we'll hang out on Twitter Spaces. So check out um, the Twitter page as well as the um, IG page for information on that. We'll be sending something out as far as the exact time. So be sure to check um, for those pages for that information. And really quickly, just wanted to give um, some dates out really quickly. Um, The Makeup Show presents um, its upcoming event, the Makeup Show Chicago, a beauty experience, March 26th through the 27th of this year. Um, There's the Makeup Show New York City, May 1st through the 2nd. Um, The Makeup Show Forum, April 27th through the 29th. And the Makeup Show California, October 1st through the 2nd. So if you need more information um, on those shows and some of their upcoming events, you can go to themakeupshow.com. Uh, be sure to follow us uh, on Twitter. We are beauty underscore talk. And on Instagram, we're beauty underscore talk underscore media. And on Facebook, we are beauty talk online. All right. Thank you so very much. But you know what? Before we introduce our guest, let's just go really quickly to a um, quick commercial break. 
how would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our friends discount program and shop with us today at friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right, we are back. I see a couple people getting on the line who normally hangs out with us on Twitter Spaces. So just in case you missed that announcement, we will not be on Twitter Spaces tonight after the show, but we will be on Twitter Spaces tomorrow evening. So just um, look for more information on our um, Twitter page as well as our Instagram page. We'll be there tomorrow evening. All right? All right. So again, um, I'm not going to <laughs> stall any longer. We are excited to have um, Mr. Tahari Groom City Edwards on with us tonight, and I'm going to bring him right on the line right now. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. wonderful. How, you how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good, great. Good. Doing great. That's good. We That's good. Again. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. You know, uh, we've been talking about this show, about the show that you work on, um, probably Mm -hmm. about like maybe the last few shows that we've done. We've always mentioned it because, you know, we're so excited about it. But um, so we're going to jump into that a little bit later. But first, I wanted to ask you to introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become a barber. Got it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me to the Beauty Talk platform. My name is Tiara Edwards. And what inspired me to become a barber? Um, to be honest, it was kind of an accident. I have a twin brother. He was uh, working as a barber for at least a year. And I would drop him off at the barber shop and pick him up, you know, because I ended up having a working car. He had some car troubles. And when I would drop him off at the barbershop, the owner would always be like, you know, I want both twins at the shop. He would always say that, you know, and just say little jokes. And one day when I dropped him off, he came outside before I peeled off and handed me a bag of clippers. And I went up to the house, and my mom saw the clippers, and she, you know, then we ended up having a conversation. And she was just like, so is this something you want to do? And I was just like, yeah. So she said, tomorrow you're going to give him his clippers back. Let's go shopping. So my mom took me shopping bought me all type of clippers, and the next day I was working alongside my brother. Um, This was in 1999 in Pasadena, California. That's how I got my start as a barber. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. That's That's an awesome story. You said said your brother handed you the bag of clippers. Was that from the shop owner or? No, no, the owner himself, Chuck Walker, 
out of Just In Time's uh, hair salon in Pasadena, California, Chuck Walker came outside and handed me a bag of clippers. And that's the owner. And I don't know if he saw something in both of us. I don't know what he saw, but it just let me know that he wasn't playing those few times when I were, uh, when he would always ask me, when he would see me drop my brother off. He wasn't playing. He wanted both twins. He would always tell me, here's your station right here. And sure enough, I, was, uh, I wasn't a natural like my brother. My brother was a natural. So when I was there, I was ripping hair, hair cuts up, and, and he would <laughs> leave his chair and literally coach me and go through each – go through everything, go through the haircut right there on the spot. And it was it – was, probably one of the most difficult things um, I was thrown into and mm-hmm. just to have him coach me. So just shout out to Chuck Walker, uh, the Pasadena, California, uh, the whole Walker family, uh, Luke Walker and Joe Walker. They literally work with me and my brother, like, like, like their sons, you know, and just really with mm-hmm. coaches on little detail, the little nuances of barbering there. And they were actually out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And their family had oh, barbershops wow. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so on Black Wall Street. So it's crazy, like, my brother and myself just connected actually to the barbering that came out of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that's just such an amazing story. Um, and, you know, of course, we love that you're, that you're a twin. Um but you know, I just find like with like with my sister and I, we always started off with something that was similar but not the same thing, and then wound up doing the same thing. And when we both when we both um, started with makeup, you know, we were doing our own thing individually, going you know our own directions. Mm-hmm. We were um, at that point we were living in different states, um, and we would you know it was just doing our own thing. And one year, my sister said something about us, like, working together. Um, and then we started doing, you know, sometimes you get hired on jobs, you can't help not to, you know, to be working separate. But for the most part, yeah. everything that we've tried to do, we've tried to, at that point, work together. Um, and I think it's just a beautiful thing. Um, and Chuck probably saw something in that, you know what I mean? Like, no, you may have your brother may have been a stronger barber, but it's not it wasn't something that you couldn't learn, you know, and something that you couldn't uh, yeah. you know grow to love and you were saying, Well, it kinda happened on accident, you know there are no accidents. Yeah. yeah no, definitely and I I was nineteen Yeah, I was nineteen years old at this time and I didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And my brother definitely found his lane and I was a waiter at the time, so I was actually doing really well as a waiter. But that's not mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. That's just what I was currently doing. So, like, just to see my brother, just to see the environment, just to see an environment, brotherhood at the barbershop, you know, you got different conversations. And, and when you're 19, it's just so much of the world and so much of yourself that you don't you don't know yet. And it's just good to be mm-hmm. around environments like that where different conversations and, and you know, it's not it, – it's no – parameters to what's being talked about so it's just a lot of information being soaked up you just get to know the 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 tempo of the community you know the climate of the community and i would sit Mm -hmm. there sometimes i wouldn't just drop my brother off i would actually sit there and just soak that up so um that that actually uh 
was attractive to me, the profession. Mm-hmm. And it had a mystique to it. And that was attractive to me too. But just being around people is something that that I really yeah. enjoy about barbering. Whether I'm cutting hair or not, I just enjoy being in those environments where people are coming in one way and leaving out better. I like those. Right. Yeah. Is, your, is, your, is your brother still a barber? Yeah, he's still a barber. He's uh, cutting out of uh, in Houston right now, Houston, Texas. Oh, gotcha, Houston. That's okay, me. gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. So mm-hmm. how did you get the name Groom City? Groom City, uh, when I, this was in 2009, um, I was going over names for a barbershop. Um, uh-huh. I finally got to a point where I wanted to open up my own shop. So I was coming up with names for a barbershop, and um, I, my cousin's name is Mike City. He's a popular producer, music producer. And I always mm-hmm. thought the name Mike City was dope. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mike City, but he did work with Carl Thomas, uh, Sunshine Anderson, uh, Brandy, just mm-hmm. a bunch of people. I always thought the name Mike City was dope. So I was just like, well, how can I put a barber spin on it? So I just came up with Groom City. And that ended up being the name of my barbershop is Groom City. And this was the name of the barbershop. And come social media, I created a social media account for the barbershop called, you know, just Groom City Barbershop. That was a social media handle. And Mm -hmm. when I closed down the shop, I turned it to my personal page and I took barbershop off. And that's how I had. That's how I came up with the name Groom City. Gotcha. As far nice. As and now I run with that as my handle, but it was all organic. Uh-huh. You know, it's just all organic. Yeah, I love it. Now, speaking of um, the barber shop, are you currently working in a shop? Do you? I know it's not your own, but are you working in a shop? Yeah. Okay. Now my journey to to uh, transition from barbershop to film and television, it's just been, you know, a lot of ups and downs, just all over, just all over the place. Just a lot of growth took place mm-hmm. from transitioning from the barbershop to film and television. And and um, during this time, you know, um, I would work out of my garage. I would do house calls. I had private studios, just, um, just you know, just going along with that journey. You know, all good, all good growth. You know, all of these growth, um, all of these changes took place, you know, positive way and um it ends up where my career in film just took off to the point where um i'm actually right now retired from working in a barbershop but i do keep Mm. a backpack full of clippers i do keep a trunk full of clippers so um the barbershop to me is not just the the four walls you know wherever i can set up a sanitary maintenance area and i have my clippers I bring the barbershop to the client. So my clientele changed, and their needs are a lot different than um, my clientele that was coming into the barbershop. So uh, right now I'm set up to to really uh, fulfill the needs of my clientele that I have now and fulfill the needs of uh, film and television projects that I'm on. Nice. Right. I love that. Now, when you first started in film and television, you were working still at a barbershop? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. I had the craziest hours forever. Uh because how was that how was that balancing just, it all? It was it was it was it had its challenges because just because I had a film project or a television project, 
it took it took a while. It took me eight years to get into the union. So when I would mm-hmm. get these projects, I, my primary source of income is the barbershop. So mm-hmm. um, because of that, the 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 film project or the television projects, I had to really work it out and move maneuver my clients around that because I couldn't just be like, oh, I got a film project, um, I quit, you know, or anything. I couldn't do that. So, like, if I'm doing 12-hour days or 14-hour days on set, I probably did another eight hours. <laughs> I know it seems I know it seems uh, crazy, but I'm serious. I probably did another eight, ten hours uh, <laughs> at the shop getting, like, two hours sleep sometimes, seriously, mm-hmm. and go right mm-hmm. back at it, you know. So if I got, like, a... A shoe, you know, I was working on uh, smaller independent films, so maybe five or six weeks worth of uh, worth of work. Those five or six weeks, mm-hmm. yeah, I was probably averaging two hours sleep a day. Oh wow! Just to make it happen, yeah, just what? to make it happen. But you know what? It's no, I wasn't going off. Of... Well, I can't say I wasn't going off for of two two hours, but there were some times when I would, but I was already in the union, just freshly in the union. And some job opportunities were coming about. Um, I was, um, I'm from Baltimore, and so at the time, that's when The Wire, the first season of The Wire, and I was mm. a tax accountant, and I was going to work from 8 to 5 every day. But I was getting called to be um, an additional on The Wire, and, and the hours started at like 6. So it worked out perfectly mm. with my schedule. But they were doing like some crazy hours and Mm. I find myself sometimes coming home like five in the morning or so and have to be back at work and you gotta be at eight yeah yeah that was that was that was I would average those schedules that would that would be like somewhat kind of like a schedule I would be on whenever I would pick up a project but you know I end up you having like two a year then you might have two to six months. And then, you know, it's just growing those within those eight years that I had my first, uh, my was on my first project. So I got in the union, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it, it kept growing, it kept growing. So, you know, those times where I had two hours sleep, you know, they, it would probably be once a year, then it was twice a year, then it just kept growing. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you do what you have to do until you make it, you know? Exactly. 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 Do exactly what you have to do. What else is that's inspiring yeah. though? Um, what what advice would you have for um, some barbers out there who are interested in working in film and TV? What would you tell them about how to how to get started? First of all, I would tell them go get your cosmetology license. Um, I can only speak for seven hundred six local seven hundred six because that's a union I'm part of. Um, it's mandatory a cosmetology license. So there's so many hurdles that you're going to run into, so many obstacles, but at the end of the day, that portion, that's 100% your responsibility. So I would definitely give the advice to the barbers, get your cosmetology license. And then also, too, is the hair and makeup trailer is not a barber environment. You know, it never was intended. There's no contracts for barbers. So it's not really, it never was really intended for a barber, a barber. So also going to school to get your cosmetology license, it uh, gets you familiar with the type of environment somewhat that you're going to be in, you know, environment more catered to uh, the cosmetology 
and more like a salon type. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely that first. And then second, um, I would uh, find what union is uh, either where you live or where you want to live and find out what union services that area and see what their requirements are. And based mm-hmm. on those requirements, try to get in where you fit in, you know, and try to, whether it's, uh, you know, finding out some non-union work. And it's hard because I don't know the barrier to entry, you know, like like if you ask 10 different barbers how did they get in a union and how they get to where they are in their career, you'll get 10 totally different answers. But exactly. um, this is probably the best advice I can give someone is just the practical advice is having your cosmetology license and knowing what your union requires to join. And then from there on, it's just your networking, your, your hard work. It's a combination of so many things, you know, combination of so many things. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to yeah. be a journey. Yeah, Absolutely. you bring up great um, advice. A good point because you stated that the um, the hair and makeup trailer is, is was not set up for barbers, and I I have to agree with that. But now that we have now that we have barbers that are working, you know, mm-hmm. well now that we're separated, it's just the hair trailer. So now that we have barbers on the hair trailer, can you talk a little bit about what that was like? when you first stepped foot on a hair and makeup trailer and, and you were working on a television show or a film, like what was that like? Because I noticed when a lot of barbers, you know, work on set for the first time, it's really hard for them because all they know is barbering. And sometimes when you get mm-hmm. in this business, people don't necessarily train you or tell you anything or give you the right information. They don't tell you how important time is or anything like that. So for barbers, and they need to cut somebody's hair, they're going, to, they're going to do a typical haircut that they do in the barbershop, meaning if it takes 30 minutes, it's going to take 30 minutes. Or if it takes 45, mm-hmm. it's going to take 45. But, like, sometimes sometimes I think, like, the hair department heads don't necessarily tell them that, you know, you, you don't need to necessarily spend a certain amount of time doing a haircut. Like, depending on the day, depending on the work of the day and how many people you have, there are some situations where you may have that time. But then there's some situations like you might have five people to cut, you know what I mean, and everybody needs to be on set in two hours. You may not be able to spend 45 minutes on a haircut. What was that What was that like for you the first time? Uh, my first time I worked on a project with Deion Taylor called Supremacy and a lady by the name of uh, Karen Carician Dick is, uh, you know, she gave me my shot. So working with Deion Taylor was amazing. And the Hidden Empire Film Group was amazing. So my first time there was actually my my challenge that day was I didn't get enough sleep. You know, um, you know, just uh, just kind of speaking on my schedule earlier, that was my challenge. It's just like, yo, I didn't get enough sleep. But other than that, like, they really had a pleasant environment. Um, so yeah, it was it was just pleasant. But to kind of tap in on far as like uh the timing and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a shock when you realize that you got to make it happen and you realize how much time that you're given and it's not enough time to make whatever happen, you know, especially you're passionate, you want you want to, you know, do your best work and your best work does require some time and you're just not going to get that time. So I found that early. You're going to find that out very early and you just got to make the necessary adjustments, you know, um, and I did. I made those necessary adjustments, 
um, just just my background, just uh, you know, um, uh, going through the barber battles and um, doing you know just just things of that nature, and just working working in a shop that's fast paced, uh, especially uh, Chuck Walker's Just in Time, very fast paced. I had to just tap into uh, all of those experiences and um, just make it happen. So you know, I have good instincts. So I have to rely on my instincts and just uh, just good home training as far as my first time. And, and yeah, you're, you may not get that, that training, you know, um, someone sitting you down and really breaking that training down and really breaking how to read a call sheet and just breaking the things. You, you may not get that. So you just got to figure it out and just, I don't know, keep your head on the swivel and really just really just watch people. And, yeah, it's a lot to soak up. It's really a lot to transition from the barbershop, especially if you're on a, a show that's fast-paced. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. But, you and know, I really, think, I'm really I think happy sometimes... that – Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say I'm really happy that there are more barbers in the union now because now, you know, if you know a barber that's coming in, then maybe you can just say, you know, you can just kind of – give that barber, you know, a couple of tips about what to expect. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, yeah. like, the department has have a lot, to, you know, a lot on their minds and maybe are not thinking about it. Or maybe some people are just not people to train. But, you know, some if you know somebody getting in, then maybe you can help that next person with giving them tips on, you know, what to look out for, you know, uh, to make sure they're not moving too slow or moving at what they think is a normal pace making sure they're, you know, keeping watch for the time and how many people they have to do and all that. Yeah, I actually had I actually had that experience the first time actually on Bel Air. Um, the creator, Morgan, Coop, uh, <clears throat> Morgan Cooper, the creator of uh, the, the new Bel Air that we know of, he actually uh, brought his barber from Kansas City, and his name is Mike Russaw. So when he came in, I already knew Mike Russaw from, you know, different barber battles and different barber expos. So we knew of each other. So once I found out that he was part of the team, I actually reached out to him very early because I figured it out just because his uh, handles mm-hmm. Hollywood cuts. And I'm thinking we're in Hollywood. So I'm just like, okay, let me just, he's from Kansas city. Let me just see if this is him. Sure enough, it was him. And we just built a brotherhood over the phone shortly. Um, when we met up, um, I was in Canada at the time working on the Umbrella Academy. And as soon as I wrapped, two days later, um, I was doing a camera test for Bel Air. So soon wow. we met up, created a brotherhood, and every Saturday or Sunday, or sometimes both, I would have him come to my home and I would mm-hmm. show him how to break down, how I break down the script. I was just showing him how I did nice. things. Every, and he came every week, every week. And and he ended up being like I'm talking about an asset to our to our team. So I sat there, and um, even some days when he didn't want the information, I was just forcing on him just because I know it was a lot to soak mm-hmm. up. But I'm like, with my five years of experience in this um, union, I got to mm-hmm. give it to him because I just see his career just taking off, and I want him equipped. I want I want him to not right. uh, make the mistakes that I made. So yeah, right. I, I I forced that, in it and I mean he's an asset to the team because I actually um, assisted. Well, I'm the assistant department head of Bel Air. So also mm-hmm. too, um, besides him being a dope barber, I also needed him to. Uh, there's tasks that we need him to do, 
and I wanted mm-hmm. him to know why we need to task, what's going on. I wanted him to know exactly what's going on um, so the team could just run with smoke. Because, you know, wherever we have our weakest link, then that's a weakness in the team. And I didn't want that's right. him, since this is first, this is his first uh, show, I didn't want that to be a weakness for, for, for too long. I wanted that to, I wanted him to be strong within weeks. So I actually did that right. with uh, Mike Russo. Because, you know, sometimes, sometimes like showrunners or directors or whoever, when they, when they want to bring their own people, they, they just think, okay, he's a barber. I'm going to give him an opportunity. And that's great. But sometimes they don't mm-hmm. really consider the actual department and what the department needs. So had you not have taken the time to really show him some things, I mean, I'll, I can only imagine how things might have turned out if he came in there just thinking, okay, I'm going to cut some hair. But, you know, being yes. that you were, you were a barber and a co-department head, you, you needed other areas to be touched by him. So it's like, you know, thank yes. goodness, you, you know, you trained him on some things. Yeah, and I don't want to take that credit alone. Um, our uh, department head at the time, um, Tanya Cryer, she also mm-hmm. uh, was helped with the training of Mike. Um, the the makeup artist there, um, you have um, Denise and you had Keish also helped him with uh, with whatever whatever they felt he needed help. We embraced Mike as a family, you know. And then when we got a new department head, a uh, Roxy Lindsay from um, episode five and up, she also um, help with the training of Mike. So it was the the family, the, the, the makeup and hair family, you know, me as his brother and as his barber brother, I was able to give him the information from a barber's perspective because that's what he also is, you know, but as far as like the whole thing, it was a community and that was beautiful. I, I really like experiencing um, that on Bel Air, you know, it, it, it put a special place in my heart from Bel Air on how, we all came together as a community to help with each other. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Very, very That's nice. That's how it should be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, since we're on Bel Air, um, mm-hmm. let me ask you, because, uh-huh. you, know, we, you know, we've all seen the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. We, you know, we know who played the characters. We know that this is an all-brand-new um, set of actors, Um you know, things are a little different, but yet kind of based off the same concept. Um, I absolutely mm-hmm. love Jabari Banks and how he's embodied that character. Um, yeah. You know, you have all of these different guys coming in, you know, and my question, and I hope you can understand what I'm asking, um, you know how you, especially, and this is particular with guys and their hair, you know how guys come in, they have their own personal barbers, so they, you know, they like their hair cut a certain way. Um, that's like one piece of it. How do you handle yeah. when the guys come in, they got their way of how they like their hair, then, of course, you know, for some characters you can come in and kind of cut them exactly how they are or whatever. But, and I don't know if this has played a part, with Jabari, but I th- I thought about Jabari and his character. Yes, they're all in Beverly Hills, but he comes from Philly, and so yeah. that may very well be a different look. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if Jabari and I don't know if Jabari still lives in Philly or not. But um, how do you 
what's it like working with the guys, incorporating how they like to look, but also remembering that character? And in this case, that character comes from a totally different city. What's that like? Um, I think it helps when you're really good at what you do because mm-hmm. they feel that confidence. And um, most likely, uh, whatever the barbers that they have ran into or dealt with in um, in their past with their experience, you know, um, the level of talent out there, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's it's it just builds. It's a certain type of confidence, you know. So they they pick up off that, and then we just we just approach it from a team perspective, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, first off. When um, the talent comes in, um, this is their first time. Um, I go to my department head because the uh, we're we're all everyone has their vision, but you know the department head also has their vision on the looks of the character. You know, we are helping to uh, bring their visions to life. You know, so um, I, I follow their direction. So just like the second half um, with Bel Air they hired a Roxy Lindsay. Now I worked on three different projects with a Roxy Lindsay in a row, you know, um, the harder they fall, the high note and, um, uh, the umbrella Academy. So mm-hmm. we have a system, how we break down characters, you know? So first we go with the script, uh, get familiar with the characters, with the script. Then we'll go do our research, whether we use the internet books, uh, different literature that we have. And we'll just create basically a vision board, for the character and of course get the approval from any producer or the director, but we'll have the, all that look down pack and we'll, we'll contact the uh, talent and ask them to send a current picture. Cause a lot of times you may get the uh, headshot and their hair is totally different. So, you know, we're right. like, Hey, can you take a picture today and send that to us? So we'll have a current picture and then we just put it all together and we might've, you know, put a couple hours to dial that in. So when they come in, we're just basically looking at the health of the hair and scalp just because during the duration of the project, um, not only do we want that look to be established and whatever needs of the script, we also want their hair to be healthy and their scalp to be healthy throughout that process as well. So that's what we're mainly doing. And, yeah, we just put it together. And usually they're confident in that because they can feel that there's been an effort taking place and that they know that they're dealing with people who are confident in what they're doing. And you become very confident mm-hmm. when you do the groundwork, very confident. Yeah. And it comes across. Yeah, absolutely. And if the, the uh, person's picky, they may not have done the groundwork that you have. So when you start talking, a lot of time that relaxes the talent too, because they're like, oh, this person is um, dialed in with, what, with what's going on. Yeah. So they may share maybe a fear or just share certain concerns. And then after that, or maybe some insecurities, they might share all those things. And then once you know that you can fulfill their personal needs, oh, it's green light. It's, it's, it's golden. The hair, the hair, um, once, once you, once you get past that and you earn the trust of the talent, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful situation. So it is a process. I know that was long the way I, uh, tried to explain that, but it's, it's, a. It's something that I don't take lightly, you know, um, mm-hmm. besides I don't care how well I think I'm a barber in this industry. I like to create characters. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I like to tell stories with the hair. 
that's it. That's right. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I put a lot of energy in that. And then, um, and then I'm trying to maintain continuity on what we create. So I'm mainly mm-hmm. focused on that. And I put a lot of energy and effort to that. That was um, well said because a lot of people out there listening don't realize that it is a process and that a lot goes into, like you're talking about the barbering, you know, but hair, makeup, even with costumes, you have to do the groundwork before the talent even arrives. You know, in your prep, you know, you really have to do the, the groundwork. And like you said, so when they come in, for the first time, they see you for the very first time, whether it's a camera test, whether it's, you know, the first day, whatever the situation is, what you're saying out of your mouth, they are listening to. And if you really haven't done the groundwork, there may be some concerns there. You know, if they, mm-hmm. if they come in with some concerns from the beginning and you haven't done the groundwork, then they're probably still going to have some concerns. But like you said, you know, I think it's based on, your talk and what you're saying to them, if you if you sound like you are well prepared and you have prepared, um, then it can make them, like you said, feel a lot comfortable. People don't realize that, like, the first day or the first time we're going to see them, whether it's a camera test or the first day of the show, it can be a little nerve-wracking, like, because it's almost like, okay, you have to get somebody's approval at this point. If you've never worked yeah. with them before, it's like getting that person's approval. But I do the makeup, and when the makeup's done, if they like what they see and they don't say anything and they're happy, whew, that's one down. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. on to the next one. You know, it's like you have to get, you have to work through that. Now, there may be some times where they may, like on the first day, they may say something. Maybe they don't like something. It's not necessarily that they don't like it, but it's not the way that they would normally do it or wear it. So it's about communicating and having those conversations at that moment, whether it's the first day or the camera test, and, you know, and then just working it out until everything is exactly how it's supposed to be, and then everybody's satisfied, meaning the actor, meaning you, meaning producers and directors. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's and a you process. T- touched it's on not... something. Mm-hmm. No, I was just saying you touched on something like with costume. We can go over all of these styles, and you're about to wear a big hat. You know, so it's like you have to be prepared with that as well. That first scene, this person could be wearing a hat, you know. So, um, yeah, just coming prepared and just uh, just uh, contacting other departments, too, uh, really helps, too, with your preparation, especially the first time you're seeing them. And I also want to tap into this, too, is that, to be honest, it's a little – I found it to be a little easier when I'm dealing with – either uh, uh, African-American um, talent, uh, male talent, or, um, you know, uh, male talent with coarse, curly textures. I find it easier mm-hmm. because um, they're underrepresented. They really are. A lot of people not really um, maybe paying attention, but they're underrepresented. It's been countless of times where people are like, I can't believe that there's a barber on set, you know, someone who understands their hair texture, someone who understands – the, the the aesthetic of the character. Um, so when they when they see when they see that once they see your clippers lined up, you ought to see a relief on most of the talent that I've seen. It's it's it, it trips me out. Um, soon as they see your setup, it's a relief right then and there. Oh and, wow! Um, 
Yeah, so so I actually say it's kind of kind of easy to earn their trust because I don't think they have the options that people think that they might have out there, you know, or maybe they're come up um, to be, you know, in a, in a uh, position of actor that they're in, and they they may not have had, you know, the luxury of having are a barber you, there full time are daily. You, okay, yeah. You know what? And and I think that has taken some years sometimes because I just remember, um, and I think I told this story, I don't know where I was talking about this, but I told this story I think last week where I remember working on um, Step Up the movie, the very first one. They shot that in Baltimore, uh-huh. and the hair department head was white, and her key was a black girl. Now, the key... Mm-hmm. She was a licensed, she's a licensed cosmetologist, but she's also a barber. But she doesn't work as a barber on set. But if she had to, she could. Um, she called yeah. me one day and she said, she said, can you, can you explain to artists, who was the hair department head, can you explain to artists um, why we need a barber on set either every day or every other day? Can you explain that to her? And so I had to explain to her that, you know, you have quite a few black actors on this show and mm-hmm. they're gonna need their hair they're gonna need their haircut. And it may not be every day, but it may be every other day or every two days or something like that. But you know, to keep continuity, you're gonna to have to have a barber here. And by yeah. the time we finished talking, she realized she needed a barber. I said all that to say I just feel like over the years some department heads and, and the hair departments just didn't get it and they didn't realize. And I think, you know, it's getting a lot better, but still there's some some shows out there where it takes a lot of convincing um, that, yeah, we need this. We need this and we can't, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not fair for somebody that has a, a, a you know, a coarser or curlier texture to have to go out and get their hair cut and pay for a haircut somewhere every few days when the other actors are coming to set every day and getting their hair cut and styled and everything else right there at work for free. So, um, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that's so common. I think and that's sad better. because yes. that's common. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. common. Um, based on the conversations that I've had, it's common. Now, maybe not for the uh, the big budget and, um, you know, the high mm-hmm. the, um, A-list actors, but – Besides mm-hmm. that that special group, um, mm-hmm. the um, everyone's special. But besides that 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 select group of A list actors, yes, everyone else, you know, it's it's uh they have those they uh, those are the stories that's been shared with me. Like wow, I mm-hmm. used to have to go get my hair cut, and they would uh they would um you know build the barber for for my look and things that just things that were um, inconveniencing. It's definitely not convenient as going into the trailer and, you know, and getting service just like all the rest of the talent um, to mm-hmm. create your look and create your character or create whatever the script is demanding. Like, yeah. like I, 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 uh, it's like that has to compromise continuity too. You know, dealing with a barber um, at a barber shop and not dealing with a union professional um, so I, I, I don't get it, but I do see things changing because a lot of projects I've been on, I've been full-time. But coming mm-hmm. up, yeah, I definitely had jobs where they would book me once a week to cut a talent. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to 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 definitely have someone 
to watch over the look they created every day like the rest of the talent. But mm-hmm. that just wasn't the uh, setup. My setup was to to establish your look once a week, you know, and that yeah. was it. So it's like, it's like you know, of course, curly texture does need styling every day. It needs grooming. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it, it needs, it, it seems maybe if you're not familiar with that texture, but it should have someone watching that on set, just like the other textures of hair. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it should it should have someone well, there. Well, I'm just gonna say it. I think I think it also has a lot to do with this whole um, uh, thing that we're dealing with within the last few years, where people are calling out the fact that there is not enough diversity, um, um, not enough talent who's able to work with those textures or those skin tones. Um, I, I feel like with your um, those who can work with um, the straight textures, they don't need those guys that are actors with straight hair. They don't need a barber to come in. That that cosmetologist, that hairstylist can can do that. They can work with the men yeah. and the women with the straight hair. So they don't have to hire anybody extra. Where they find yeah. a problem is is that. For these people with the curly hair and the kinky hair, excuse me if I use the wrong word, but for that texture, we need a barber. We need a a special someone that can work with that hair. Some of these department heads were probably concerned about pulling money from their budgets because now we have to bring in this barber. So now that's taking away from my budget. And then you may have producers who were probably saying, well, yeah, you know, we don't want to bring a barber in every day. That, that's going to cost us, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, at the end of the day, your actor has to be happy. We, we have to give the, the show, the director, the look that he or she wants. So it, it's, it's taken some time and some years for, for, that to, um, for that to actually get to a point where it needs to be. Now, we have, um, you have a lot of actors now speaking up, mm-hmm. whereas back in, back in the day, they weren't saying anything, which really hurt yeah. them because a lot of them didn't want to say anything because they felt like, well, you know, I'm new here. You know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers or, or, but not thinking about the bigger picture like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all working on the same movie. We're all creating the same characters. And for this character to be like this character needs to be, this character needs a barber in here. So people, I guess they felt like, you know, some of them were afraid. Like if they weren't a Will Smith or a Denzel Washington or Samuel Jackson, they were going to keep their mouths shut, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy now that they, whatever the reason, they are now speaking up. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I think the needs change. To see that more. Yeah, it's changing. Yeah. But I, I think, think the needs change. Think I think. That... Hmm. No, I'm just saying that even with barbering, barbering has changed. The uh, just uh, just modern approach to the different haircuts and different hairstyles that exist. Those those needs change, and the maintenance uh, to maintain, you know, those uh modern styles is higher 
than maybe, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the previous times. So, yeah, just everything is changing, you know, and um, with change, you know, uh, it's going to be slight adjustments, you know, even like uh, just uh, the different content, the different storytelling that's on TV, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that has changed as well. And those changes, you need certain um, expertise and certain 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 people to to you know to help tell those stories. And um, I'm glad right. to have the opportunity to help tell those stories and um, those unique stories in a, in a unique way. You know, so it's just things are just changing. Mm-hmm. I just see it so much. Even the five years that I've been in the union, I've just seen just different platforms that exist. It's it's this a giant transition like across the board, you know, with technology and just with storytelling and just culturally, period. And mm-hmm. I like the changes. I like I like seeing more um, more stories. This can help share more of the America that we all know and love, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this time. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was telling somebody today that um, now, because, you know, you have all these streaming channels and, and and all this stuff that's going on now is more opportunities as well for us to get our yeah. stories out there. You know what I'm saying? For it mm-hmm. to be seen. And with that being said, there's more opportunities for um for people of color to work, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera, whether they hairstylist or, or the actual actor. So that's a that's a great thing as well. Um and I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that happen. Yeah, just just with our show, you know, um, look at the unique way. You know, someone creates a spec, puts it on YouTube, it goes oh my viral, God, yeah. and that spec gets picked up. And I think two years from when the spec was created, I'm able to have a uh, some employment, you know, to help me yep. with my family, help me with my art, and, and the department mm-hmm. head, the barber, uh, Mike Russaw, everyone, I'm just seeing all of these opportunities all of these jobs, mm-hmm. all of this uh, uh, storytelling, um, mm-hmm. you know, just new stories able to be told with someone taking that effort, creating that spec, and using this new way. So everything's changing. This person got a a, a show picked up from creating a spec on YouTube. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, things are things are definitely different, and I'm loving it. You know, just watching it evolve mm-hmm. to what it is, and it just creates an opportunity all over the place. I don't know how the barrier to entry for, for creating a project or getting it picked up, but um, I think that that's being um, changed right before our eyes. Yeah. And also, you know, the fact that, you know, it got the attention of certain people, um, but these people who um, were willing to take a chance on it, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just like, I, I know, I know people who are screenwriters who have been, are excellent writers and who have written several scripts. And, I mean, it has taken them 12 to 15 years for somebody to, you know, say yes to something that they're doing. You know what I mean? Whereas you said he wrote, put this thing out on YouTube. First of all, we didn't have a YouTube back in the day. So now because of Mm -hmm. YouTube and, and platforms like that, you can do whatever you want and don't have to ask anybody's permission with this Internet. You can put anything yeah. out there. And then you get the attention of somebody who can make something happen. So it took only two years, yeah. you know, from concept yeah, it's just, to uh, – <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's, so it's I, I like situation. I like sitting back. 
Yeah, yeah. I like sitting back and just seeing, just seeing uh, everyone just, I don't know, doing groundbreaking things and and mm-hmm. really uh, create creating a lane. And you know, once it's done once, it can be done twice. You know, so you know, it's just a just a beautiful thing just seeing the different ways people are uh, creating content and making it happen and getting their dreams, living their dreams. Absolutely. Absolutely. What inspires you? Um, people inspire me. People. I love people. I know sometimes my homies is annoying because we might be walking and I might have sit there and talking someone's ear off. And I'm not even knowing it. Uh, I'm not even, it don't even, I don't even know what type of profession, nothing like that. I just, I'm just inspired by people. You know, it doesn't matter uh, whether they homeless to got the largest home on you know in the area, you know, I, I just uh people inspire me. I like I like good energy from people too. I like people's stories. I like people sharing sp- specific things they do. It just inspires me, especially when someone's passionate. Especially when someone's passionate about something that I consider it art. Oh man. Right. That's 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 everything to me. Right. That's everything. To me I think art um uh, has a uh, ability to be honest, and that's what yeah. I like. I like the honesty and art, and when people just sharing freely, even if they get paid heavily for it, I still like the level of honesty and art. It's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. If you could leave some advice to barbers or Anybody wanting to get into the film and television industry, just based on what you've learned over the years, like what advice would you give them? And if there's anything that you think that should be changed about the industry, what would that be? Okay. Um, I would say I get it from Nipsey Hussle is don't quit. Um, Yeah, don't quit. Don't quit. Mm -hmm. If you have that dream, that vision, that's something that you set your mind to. Don't quit. I wanted to quit. Like I said, it took me eight years. I got close to getting the union, um, close meeting the requirements to join the union. And, you know, just, just it, it, you know, certain those things, you know, is emotional, you know, because you're working so hard right. and you're getting so close. And um, I didn't quit. I didn't quit. Even when I wanted to, I didn't quit because eight years is, is a long time when, Every day you working towards a dream. You putting your faith every day, and you know after year one, year two, year two, yeah, you can start losing faith. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when your close close friends, your loved ones. But at the end of the day, um, just not quitting and stand stand true to whatever promises that's in your heart. And um, right, yeah, I would say just don't don't quit. Stay. Uh, because once once it crack it crack, you know. Once I got right. in the union, it was everything I thought it was gonna be, if not more. It was. Oh, it good. was. Mm-hmm. Um. So so yeah. So just don't quit. And um. Right. What was the other What was the other part of the question? The other question was if if there was anything about the industry that you would change. Hmm. I'm still soaking it up. I'm still soaking it up. I would say, hmm. Or is there anything about the industry you don't like? 
Um, what what I've been in situations where I didn't like it, and then mm-hmm. after it was over, I realized that it was necessary. So it's kind of like um, just really trying my well, best not- to not have my emotions involved involved with not, yeah. none of it, you know, and just uh, at the end of the day, just know that it's show business and it's a yeah. business mm-hmm. and just uh, just learning more of the business and how things work from that perspective, not really my emotions, you know, and um, mm-hmm. move in that space. And that's been helpful just because when you're, you know, when you're doing your art, something that you passionate and love, you know, you can, your emotions can also be attached to it. And I just, just uh, constantly remind myself that this is business, and even though I'm passionate and something I love, I also uh, I also don't allow it to tap into to where I make emotional um, decisions based off emotions. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Nah, nah. They got to make uh, sense on paper, you know. But I do, Absolutely. you know, my, at the end of the day, my spirit – you know, if it's if it's not agreeing with my spirit, then I will definitely uh, make adjustments. You know, uh, because I feel like my spirit is is really what it is, and that that's besides my emotion. You know, I know I know when something doesn't agree with my spirit, and I know when something does agree, and I try to stay definitely stay uh, close to, close to that. You know, but outside of that, yeah, I'm trying to do good business. Nice. Yeah. Now, if you weren't um, working as a barber in the film and TV industry, would you still be working in a shop, or would it, or is there something else you think you would be doing? I would either be creating content, either writing, producing, directing, or I have me a backpack with two or three outfits on uh, <laughs> in that backpack traveling the world. And <laughs> and then having me a, a tabletop book of uh, each time I came back, and you know, I'll create a tabletop book and have volumes of it. So that's what I'd be. I either be writing shows, producing, directing, or have a collection of tabletop books of me traveling the world with a backpack. Nice. <laughs> well, guess, and guess what? You can still do all of that and work on film TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, but I, I would do it. I would do it with just just because I just want to be around mm-hmm. people and see yeah. what people are doing across this globe and um yeah yeah and eat good <laughs> I would eat good well, and see yes. what people are doing <laughs> yeah yeah and and <laughs> look at this and look at all, all every every stitch of this God's green earth that that exists I love to just see all of it you know from the driest nice. part to the wettest part. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. So as a barber, how are you perfecting the game? I put my best foot forward every day. I watch people who are successful. I study them. Whatever I can get, I study them, and I just see what they're doing. I pay attention to what's going on. Um, I ask a lot of questions. Uh, I sit back and you know, um, went from just cutting, you know, going around cutting uh, different talent once a week to being a third in the department to being a second in the department. You know, um, all of these are things that I want to do because I want to. I want to run departments. I want to be a department head. I want. I'm not looking 
for a job, I want to look to give a job. I, I want to look mm-hmm. to build a team, you know, and um, I think it's power in that. And also I want to help tell those stories too, you know, um, being a part of the team you do, but I would like to be a part of the process of creating characters. Just to me, that's just a, that's just one of my goals. So, yeah, I want to um, eventually um, uh, run departments and be, put together teams and and just create good good art out there. That's what I want to do. So I'm working towards that. I'm working really so hard, and um, it elevates me. So, look, I'm sitting here thinking about the twins, okay? You're being interviewed by mm-hmm. twins. You are a twin. And you are helping to create and tell the story of Bel Air with two amazing writers and showrunners, executive producers who are twins. Yeah, yeah, that tripped me out. I I peeped uh-huh. that out, and I actually, you know, I would uh, I would always say hi. I probably was like, hey, hey, hey. I was tripping just just seeing twins, just because uh, it's something I respect. Just being a twin, you know, just seeing them work. And what's crazy is Tasha, the director, she's a twin. You know, and there, yeah, there was and twin writers. Twin, yeah. I don't know if you guys are referring to you referring to Tasha right now. Well, no, no, the, I was referring first? to Janika, oh, okay. Janika and Jashika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who that was what I was talking about earlier. But then it just dawned on me, Tasha's a twin, and um, yeah, I, it might be some other twin situations there too. You know, so um, so yeah, no, nah, it, it's it's definitely a vibe, and it's something special about twins. Like I'm pretty sure you guys know, uh, especially when they're you know um, dealing with anything like with the arts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's definitely a vibe there. Um, I would love to be in this industry with my brother, my twin brother. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe in the future, who knows? But I think, I think, man, the industry will be tripping out to well, both of us <laughs> because my brother is like, my brother was, my brother was, was one of the dopest barbers to this day that I've seen his first year cutting in 1999, 1998. Mm. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. he was all, he was already like, like doing what people are doing now. He was doing that in the nineties, you know, late nineties. Wow. So it's like, it, it would be, it'd be dope to share, um, to be my brother. Actually, no, I think my, my brother, me and my brother worked on a movie before. Yeah. Okay. It was nice. crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a, uh, a Deion Taylor hit an empire, uh, film was called Meet the Blacks 2 and mm-hmm. it was in Atlanta and my brother oh, came okay. down to visit I remember me that was here. and um, my brother is uh, you know real muscular so when the grip seen him was like hey you stocky and he was just like hey um, what's up we need some help you know I guess uh, carrying a lot of wire around so he's like you down to work he's mm-hmm. like yeah so we worked every day but my brother would be doing uh, grip work or whatever they had him doing you know I would be mm-hmm. um I was a, a third on that project. So, you know, I'll be always on set. So when people realized one day at lunch that it was two of us, because even though me and my brother are, are fraternal, we look a lot alike. We look like mm-hmm. we look like identical twins for sure, even at uh, 41 years old. So they was like, oh, wow. well, two of y'all? They was like, man, I thought you was one of the hardest working dudes on this on this production. I see you everywhere. <laughs> so they just thought I was just hustling, just you know, so right. it was so funny, like, when people, it was like, it was like all the lunch stopped. Like, what? Mm-hmm. It's two of y'all? Like, it was crazy. So then uh, we, we had fun on that project. We had fun on that project. So I, I just want to give another thank you, another shout-out to Deion Taylor, 
um, Karen Dick and the whole um, Hidden Empire um, film group. Uh, man, they, they family to this day. They gave me an amazing start, um, you know, to have my brother working on a project. Um, it's just really a blessing to uh, to 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 just to just to see the growth of them, but just to just to have my start with them, you know, um, it's just uh, it's something that I'm thankful for, like all the time. I always tell them thank you, but I'm really thankful for them for uh, for that and the Hidden Empire. So just know that's good people right there, really good people. Nice, amazing. That's really yeah. wonderful. So last question of the night, um, what is your definition of beauty? Hmm. Um, my my definition of beauty is being authentic and, you know, when you get close up on it. You know how when things are authentic, you get close up on it and you can just verify that, you know, from far away it look good, from up close it, it look good. So it's just uh, – I don't know. When it's something authentic, it's just got a certain beauty to it. So, yeah, that's nice. what I consider beauty is authenticity. Nice. I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah, it. I so, love it. What are you, so, yeah. Are you working I, on anything right now? Yeah, right now I'm in New Orleans working on a film called Renfield. So, yeah, I'm working oh, okay. on Renfield. So it's it's a, it's a star Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Holt, and Aquafina. So that's what I'm working on right now. And um I got season two of Bel Air I'm returning to and season four of um the Umbrella Academy that I'm also will be okay. running you know, returning to. But who knows? Um this project is over in like two weeks and um I'm down to jump on something right after, you know. So it's uh yeah. Yeah. That's so one thing that I'm sorry, Beller has how many episodes in the first season? Ten. Ten. Okay, so we got a couple more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so, it just seems like yeah. it takes so long for Thursday to come. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, oh everybody, everybody digging digging the show. And, uh, um, I'm, I, one thing I want to share, too, the level of talent on Air is crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. crazy. Like, it's really crazy. Like, Jabari is, I've never seen nobody, you know, witness knowing that talented. Like, man can play pianos, crazy mm-hmm. athlete, can dance like he, like, I don't know, like, like it's crazy. Sing, um, just everything, just talented. You know, Ali, uh, who plays Carlton, just talented. Simone, I mean, some of the songs she has on Spotify, you know, all the different streaming platforms, I'm talking about, it's crazy. So the level of talent they have on Bel Air, um, I would say watch out for each and every one of those stars. Just watch out for them because I, I just see them being being huge because of just the talent, that the God-given talent that they have, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to share that. Even even the director and the creator, you know, Morgan Cooper, you know, talented, talented. That first episode is beautiful. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, just look out for each and every one on whatever credits or whatever you can find on IMDb. I just uh, ask the audience, just really stay stay close. Look out for uh, a lot of those names that you see on there because very talented people on set. Yeah. Nice. That's nice. Well, thank you so much. Uh, We really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. 
Um, I know you got to start preparing for the next day. Um, yeah. But it's it's been great. It's been great to talk to you. We've been wanting to get you on, so we're happy that you were able to make it. Such a last minute. Oh yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm I'm flattered and I'm honored. Uh, thank you guys. I, the twins, I got a chance to chop it up with you guys, and I, I thank you. I thank you for that because uh, you guys are you guys are helping to tell stories from people who are who uh, you know help tell stories. So to yeah. me, you know, it's a uh, it's honor, and I, I'm flattered by you guys. And you know, it's a uh, I thank you guys for today. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll keep okay. watching um, and keep watching your good work. You you sound like you all over the place, and that's that's good. I'm happy for you, um, and you keep keep doing what you're doing as well. Yeah, all glory to God. Whatever you know, whatever y'all see me doing, all glory to God. You know, absolutely all over. All right, absolutely. Well, y'all have a blessed rest of the day, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. Working with you guys, I know you guys work. Me too. Uh, yeah. Me so too. if y'all got a it's project, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just, I, I'm I'm trying to cover this whole. You know, I told y'all backpack. You know, traveling the That's world. Right. You know, I would love to do that. <laughs> I, since I am a barber working in the union, I would like to have a backpack full of clippers traveling the world, as far as uh, <laughs> uh, with this with this industry. So yeah. So nice. so yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. We'll, yep. We will do it one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Thank you, Tahari. Right. We really appreciate you. Have a good night. You're welcome. You too. All, All right. right, guys. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you guys for tuning in to tonight's show. We were glad to get Mr. Tahari Edwards on the line with us tonight. Um, greatly appreciate him and some of the work that he's doing. Um, and I just love his whole attitude about, you know, being a team player and, and helping others along the way. It's such a great attitude, um, something that we definitely need in this industry, especially at a time like this. Um, right. You know, for a lot of us who've been in the industry for a very long time, it was not easy. And for some of us, we, we had a little help. Um, but for a lot of people, there was no help. Um, and so just the fact that his whole attitude about, um, helping the other barber that he said that came on the show was like a family and the help came from hair and makeup, um, helping this new guy get adjusted. And, um, so it's just a great story to hear and it's just a a great way to be. So we want to continue to support that and support Tahari and all that he's doing, and he he sounds like um, a lot of the shows he's doing is a very, you know, it's um he's doing a very diverse group of people, you know, so um, that's exciting to see as well. Right, so I'm happy about that exactly. as well. So, again, we exactly. mentioned earlier in the show that we will not be on Twitter Spaces tonight, um, but we will be tomorrow night. Um, We've been online since Friday, (laughs) so um, we will not be on tonight. We will be back tomorrow evening. So you'll see us. You guys are, um, I see Viola and Megan out there. You all will, um, you know, you'll see that we'll be on Twitter tomorrow. We'll try to figure out at what time we're going to do it, but try to make sure everybody's at home. 
So um, we'll have a time where we can jump on and just say hello um, tomorrow evening and chat it up for a few minutes. All right. But with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to those who are listening, for those who will listen via playback. I just want to send a big shout-out to those who don't live in this country but live other places around the world who may be listening live right now. We know that the hour may be crazy for you. And then there are some who live other places of the world, but they always catch the show on the playback. Thank you guys so very much. We appreciate your um, continued support each and every week. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We have some great shows planned and great shows coming up. Um, So stay tuned for, I believe, next week we have a very special guest. I believe it's next week. Um, But we'll put more information out there so everyone will be able to see, and hopefully you guys will be tuning in. All right? So have a wonderful evening, everyone, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.